welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? R.J. Hodges is a seasoned entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, business development coach, certified personal development life coach, and certified practitioner in the healing art of Reiki. RJ is the creator of a coaching system known as The Art of Mastering You. He is a best-selling co-author of the book Mission Unstoppable, partnering with world-renowned leaders George Frazier and Les Brown. RJ is also the author of You Can't Practice at the Game, The Art of Mastering You, Volume 1, and an audiobook series called Winner Status. R.J. Hodges also released his first novel in 2020 titled Dreamland and is the founder of empowerment company R.J. Hodges Speaks, LLC. R.J. Hodges, best-selling author, coach, speaker, thank you so much for joining GYSB Talks today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely a pleasure. I'm so glad you're here. So today we're going to be talking about achieving success without burnout. And I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because hustle culture ain't it. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) It's toxic. It's extremely dangerous. And it promotes the idea that, you know, if you put in countless hours and marginalized self-care, you can have all the success that you want. And it's just not true. Right. It's not true. So you're going to, you're going to help us get a new perspective on this topic, right. And develop some healthy strategies that we can can use to make this life a much better, more harmonious journey, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so so tell us, tell me about yourself. You grew up in a single parent home, right? Yeah. Um, well, from Atlanta, Georgia, grew up. Uh, my father actually died when I was seven from an very suddenly left home one day and that was it. Um, he went home, went to go help a family member with a favor and end up having an aneurysm and that was it. So my mom raised me single parent household, uh, you know, raising a, a, a black male as best as she knew how. Mm-hmm. Um, and after my 20th birthday, my mom passed away of colon cancer. So, oh my you know, just kind of, you know, kind of growing up in this up and down emotional. I think my biggest pressure was I have to be extremely successful. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, I have to, do all of these things. So I started my first business at the age of 18, mm-hmm. um, worked in corporate America for a while, but eventually landed in this path of coaching and training and teaching because all of the things that I had been through in life in some dark places at some times, and I was determined to not stay there. Mm-hmm. And then I just developed this huge passion of 
how can I help others come out of that place as well? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what, your target audience is, is women, right? Moms? Is that like a big part of your audience that you work with? It's a big part of my audience that I never realized that I worked <laughs> with until maybe about uh, late last year. I created um, a course on some things about mental health and self-care. And I was talking to a marketing person about how to actually put the course out there. And we started looking at you know, the clients that I currently work with, I knew I talked to entrepreneurs, but I never knew the common denominator were that they were women and then most mothers, single mothers, mm-hmm. some, some not. And I was like, I can't put that out there like that because obviously I'm not a mother. When I started looking at my my background, I was raised by a single parent working mom. Um, and also I became a stressed out entrepreneur. So I look at, it's amazing how God allows you to attract the people that you can really help. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that those were the people that I was working with anyway, it just kind of prompted me to say, you know what, that's at this particular time in my business and in my practice, those are the people that I'm supposed to be speaking to. So, yeah, my target audience is, you know, overwhelmed, burnout, working moms, usually professionals or entrepreneurs. And then I also work with, you know, other entrepreneurs who have put this unnecessary pressure on this led to some not so good practices and some not so good mental health at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our kids, I mean, they see so much because I'm a single mom too. My son mm-hmm. is 23, but he's still at home. And I have a job that has stressful seasons. I'm a fundraiser. And he has seen me like sitting at my desk just about to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how he's processing through it. I, we don't really have a lot of conversations about it. But I have definitely vented to him. And so I know he knows a lot. And I'm sure you saw it, too, with your mom. You know, Absolutely. all this all the stress. And it's 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 not just a mental thing. Like, it impacts our bodies, right? And yeah. I, it, it can just deteriorate to the point of death. So I, I, love, I love that that's part of your focus. So you have these strategies for managing stress and preventing burnout, right? So let's, let's talk about some of those. Um, well, you know, the first thing that I always tell people is that we have to change the way we think about these things. Stress and you start looking at achieving or doing all of these things that we have to do. We've been told that they're supposed to be stressful. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the that's the mentality. Stress is told to us that it's, it's a normal part of life. So the first thing you have to do is start disassociating everything you do every day with being stressful. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't you can't talk about it. You can't agree with it. That can't come out of your mouth. Oh, today is going to be hard today because that's perpetuating the stress. Okay. So usually when I'm working with clients, that's our first step. I may put somebody on a 21 day thing to where you don't refer to anything being stressful. Even the things that you think are going to be difficult. You just don't refer to them in that way. What would be the the approach then? Like, say, for example, I have a big fundraiser that's coming up and I have this goal to raise $500,000 and Mm -hmm. going into the fundraiser, I've only raised half of the goal and I'm completely stressed out. What would you tell me? How would you coach me through that? Well, again, it doesn't, it doesn't start there. Hopefully we would have been working before you got to that point. But once Ah, we got to that point, you know, because well, changing your mind, you can't change 30 years of mindset in two days or two weeks. Unfortunately, anybody that says that you can, they're probably just making up something to market to you. But if you are already in that situation, my biggest thing would be, okay, let's focus on what the solution is. We already know what the problem is. And again, it goes back to changing your mind. Because I always say, if you ask the mind questions, 
it'll give you more questions. But if you ask it for answers, it gives you answers. Hmm. So my hmm. biggest thing would be let's shift your energy. I know your energy is toward I've only raised X amount so far, but let's shift your energy to how can I raise the risk? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it possible, don't even look at that number. Let's just raise on, let's, let's on raising the next $10, the next thousand dollars, the next hundred thousand or whatever the case may be. Let's just only look at that because I, I do believe in this premise of whatever you're focused on, it magnifies. Yes. You know, so if we're looking at the thing constantly, we don't want to go that way. We don't want it to be that bigger. So in that moment, had we not already worked to try to change and renew some of the mindset, my thing would be, I got to direct your focus to what you want versus what you don't want. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be, that would be the start <laughs> to say. Yeah. the least. So how important is it when it comes to like our daily habits and our daily routine and like managing our time? How, how much does that play into us like not getting to burnout. We have some daily routines that we know are vital to life. I always say we do a really good job for the most life taking care of our physical self. So you eat food every single day. At some point, it may not be what you're supposed to eat. It may not be, you know, uh, on a particular schedule, but it's rare most human beings go through a whole day without eating food or taking a shower or drinking water. These things become normal they're vital to life. They're a part of our daily routine. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, why don't we have things that take care of our mental, emotional, and spiritual self that are a part of our daily routine? Mm. Because look at the imbalance in that. And that's how I kind of learned that because I did that for years. I would work out, try to eat right. I'm vegan. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do all of these things. But I always say your external works rarely fix your internal dilemmas. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was doing all of those external things. And, yeah, they do have a lot of benefits, but it didn't help me when I got home and the door closed and I was by myself and I was all of the internal things that I needed to work on. Have some daily routine practices, whether that's meditation, whether that's knowing your limits. You know, um, one of the things that I never understood, people would say. You got to set boundaries. But until you know your limits of how far you can go, a lot of times we don't set the proper boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you, you when know. you say boundaries, you mean boundaries in all areas, like how much access people have to us, how many times we say yes to doing something when we don't want to, like those uh, social media boundaries, like all of those things. Absolutely. You know, I always say we have to know our energy level and we have to know how far it can go for us a car with gas and you're taking a road trip the car usually tells you this whole tank of gas is going to give you what 335 miles or 400 miles if you're right. lucky but when you get down to 60 miles 50 miles 10 miles you know i'm running on empty you know where the limit is but a lot of us we sometimes don't take the time to look at all of the areas of our lives and try to figure out where those limits is it may be family You may love your family. You may want to be with them all the time, but it may be certain things about them that you're like, okay, that's my limit. Right. If I go past that point, I'm doing detriment to myself. And it doesn't mean cutting somebody off. It's just knowing how to deal with the limits of that particular situation or that particular person. So I think we have to figure out those limits and make sure that those things are a part of our daily routine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think people start to guilt trip you too. Like I have friends, if I don't call, 
you know, in a week or, or two weeks. And I'm not, a, I'm not a phone person mm-hmm. or, and I'm not, I'm not a person who likes to do a lot of like hanging out all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And because, because I know myself. And so, but I have friends who will guilt trip me like, Oh, you can't call nobody. Or I mean, where you been? You're not, you know, I would love to hang out sometimes. Like they have this tone that mm-hmm. makes you, that makes you feel guilty and makes you feel like you're not a good person or you're not a good friend. And oftentimes we will marginalize what we really want to do for ourselves and go ahead and do what they want us to do. And that's hard for people because we've been doing that for years and it's, it's a form of people pleasing, which can, can lead down a whole path that you do (laughs) not want to go on. Absolutely. And you know, it is, I'm not saying it's easy. You have to practice these things on a regular basis for them to become more comfortable, but Ultimately, at the end of the day, if you have to choose between sacrificing yourself or maintaining your peace, I'm going to always tell you to maintain your peace. And again, I think that can be done in a way to where you can explain to your friends, hey, I'm sorry, you know, just been tied up. And, you know, right now I'm going to be busy doing X, Y, Z. And they just kind of get an expectation that, hey, if you don't hear from me for a few days, you know, and you have to be able to say to yourself, even if they do give you a, you know, a smart remark or whatever the case may be, you have to say, I don't understand what I'm doing. I understand what I'm doing and everything will be okay. Well, <laughs> you have to be everything, to- everything will be okay. And that's on them. That's not your problem. Right? Mm-hmm. Their, their response to your honest, you know, answer is not your problem. You're Absolutely. being authentic. You're being honest. And you're saying, this is the capacity that I have right now. And if they can't respect that, then that's a whole different conversation. Right, so right. I, I yeah. totally, I totally agree with you on that. So, you know, we're, I know th- like this, this climate that we're in right now is very, very toxic. It's high anxiety, like lots of depression, suicidal ideation, and sadly suicide completion, Right. Right. And so the topic of self-compassion and you, you know, you talk about daily self-compassion. How, what does that look like? I think daily self-compassion, you know, for me and I, I, I talk about it from my personal standpoint, but I also teach about it, comes from some of being able to identify yourself and being proud of who that person is, no matter what. OK. You know, because I think if you can appreciate that alone then it helps you to love yourself in a different way. It helps you to want to take care of yourself in a better way. Now, when it's a spiritual standpoint, it's more so a grounding of, I believe in something that's bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this stress and a lot of these things and a lot of this compassion that I'm not showing myself, it's a form of fear. So I need to let this fear go. And I can do that because a a lot of us don't take care of ourselves or this, this was my, my testimony. I would say, I didn't really myself because the fear was if I don't kill myself I'm not going to be successful enough mm-hmm. not not realizing that there's a power that's higher than me that's working on my behalf does not mean I don't do what I'm supposed to do but I don't have to go to this extreme because I would rather be more so rooted in my belief than killing myself so a lot of times it depends on who I'm dealing with but the first thing to more compassion is grounding yourself Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's different ways to do that. Like I said, I take a more spiritual approach. Some people don't. I can do it in either way, but you got to ground yourself to where, first and foremost, you can identify that you are great. You can also identify this key thing that everything that is in your life is great, and you stop looking at what's missing. 
mm-hmm. you know yeah so th- those are those are starts because because again everything i believe is when you change your mind when you change your perspective and you see it in a different way then you start moving you start caring for yourself in a different way yeah and it i agree with all of that and a lot of it comes with what we are allowing into our spirit right what we're mm. allowing into our spirit what we are allowing ourselves to digest whether it's TV, media, conversations that we're having with people, comparing ourselves to things that we're seeing on social media that aren't always factual, right? And then having mm-hmm. this very narrow definition of what success is. Success very. is so much more than having a lot of money, having these nice bags, driving a really, really fancy car. Like that's that's cool, right? For some people. Mm-hmm. But that is that is not how success should be measured. And it's a very unhealthy way of defining success. Absolutely. And we have this one view of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's this one view of of what success is. And that goes back to grounding yourself. Another part of grounding yourself is learning what's important to you versus what's been told to you that's important. Right. Right. Think about think about that. What's important to you? important because for some of us having the right car has been told to us that that's important but a lot of times we don't even examine but is that really important listen listen (laughs) you know like that may not even really be a value to you it's just a programming that you've been told for so long that you believe you have to have this and it's not until you ask yourself those grounding questions you become you become 100 happier with your life because you realize a lot of the stuff i'm stressed out about pertains to me anymore it's just stuff that i've been told that it's supposed to be that part and i, yeah. I love that i love that you you brought up the car one time so i have an old car right it's like a 2009 okay. toyota camry and your little paint is chipping off at the top i don't care <laughs> right? right because i'm I'm confident in who i am and how i show up it the car mm-hmm. does not define me and i'm around a lot of very wealthy people because of the work that i do honey i will pull up in bel-air in that little car, honey, and, and sell and let the valet have it and be like, all right, I'll yeah, be yeah. I'll be back later to get the car. But I picked up this girl. Um, she's not a close friend, but she's you know, she was a friend. I picked her up from the airport one day because she was visiting um LA and mm-hmm. she, she needed a ride. We were gonna go get something to eat. So I picked her up and she said, Huh, I thought you would have a different kind of car. I said, what? What, what, what do you mean? She said, I thought, you know, you would pull up in like a BMW or like a Mercedes or something like that. And I was like, no, this is my car. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this mean, is the one. I don't know if people think that I'm like rich or wealthy or what. And even the rich people sometimes have cars like mine. So Absolutely. It, was just, it was just like you said, like this idea that's been planted in so many of us that you are what you drive, you're worth what you wear and what you show up in as far as your vehicle. And it's so stupid at the end of the day. Like it's so stupid because am I where I want to be in life? No, not quite. Right. There are Mm -hmm. other, there, there's more money that I would like to have to do more giving more philanthropy and things like that. And I want to have like a home in LA. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but there are other things that I want, but am I successful right Mm -hmm. now? Yeah, I am. I am. I can take care of myself. My basic needs are met. I can travel the world. I can, I'm, I'm leaving next week to go stay somewhere out of the country for 15 days. You know, like I do the things that bring me joy that, that make me happy. The, and the out of the country trip next week is not a lavish trip. 
I'll be, you know, in another country running the streets with some goats and cows. Right. <laughs> right. But, right. but it's, it's going to make me happy. That's what brings me joy. And that's what brings me peace. And that's how I'm going to live my life. And I define success. I am trying my best. Sometimes we get caught up in it, but I'm trying Absolutely. my best not to let the world define what success looks like for me. You said something really, really powerful, though, that I didn't learn until <laughs> I was uh, about a year old, for a, year from, a year from today, I would say. But <laughs> like you said, am I where I want to be? And then you said, well, you know, I would like a house here. And I think as long as you understand that those are just desires, they don't define me because think about it. We, we've all had a desire that we've accomplished at some point. You know what I mean? One desire births yet another desire. You get the house in L.A., you stay in it for a couple of years and then you'll be like, you know what? I need a pool, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the desire never stops. I personally think that's what keeps us here keeps us here in physical form that's a whole nother topic but the desire never stops but sometimes i think we allow the desire to define us and we start to feel like you know if i don't have that house in la right now if i don't have the bentley or the range rover that i'm not yet successful mm -hmm. and that's not true you know mm -hmm. you have to figure out what you value you mm -hmm. know and mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the biggest things that changed for me i started to figure out what do i really value Right. What yeah. brings me joy deep down right. inside? Not happiness. What makes me joy filled? Right. Because happiness exactly. comes and goes. It's, a, it's an emotion. But joy, like you see people who have lost people near and dear to their heart and they can still laugh and they can still have peace because they have tapped into that joy reservoir. Right. Mm -hmm. That allows them to keep going. And so I, I love what you're saying. Like it really is about us really knowing us, knowing ourselves and, and what makes us work what makes us keep going and what makes us what blesses us on this journey can you talk a little bit about the reiki <laughs> sure um so reiki is a japanese healing art and once upon a time i think i left in 2019 i used to do coaching one-on-one -on -one coaching all uh, in person all day and i was at a holistic wellness center Okay. So while I was there, I became a Reiki practitioner. Reiki is about dealing with the chakra system and talking about energy and energy movement. So Reiki is a belief that, you know, energy flows from one source, creator or whatever you want to label that. And through practitioner, practitioners getting attuned to the Reiki energy, you can now help people clear the energy in their chakra system. So mm -hmm. um, I don't practice a whole lot on people today um, mm -hmm. just because a lot of my business is virtual today. I'm no longer um, sitting in an office doing, <laughs> doing sessions all day. So, um, but it, it became a helpful modality in that particular standpoint when I came across people that they were so blocked and so cluttered energy-wise, they weren't even ready for strategies yet. Mm, you, know? Mm -hmm. you know, so sometimes there are where, you know, I want to put a perspective so that you can see it different. I want to give you a strategy, but sometimes people are so blocked from the things that they've encountered, the things that they've endured, the trauma that's been there. Reiki became a modality to help me shift that when I was more so in that wellness center um, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Do you do Reiki on yourself? I do. I do. Yeah. As I was gonna say, I do Reiki on myself. Um, I've actually gone to sessions with different practitioners and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's something that I always tell people it's something you kind of have to do your own research on and get very familiar with it because it's a little different. It's different. It's a little from, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's different from your, our Western thinking of uh -huh. what 
some certain things and energy movement is. So it's something that you know, about if they want to hear about it, but it's nothing mandatory that I have to practice on anybody, but it's it just, like I said, it's become a helpful modality over time for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for explaining that. Um, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, chakras and energy and all that. And I don't, I don't know anything about that stuff. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. explain. I know I've heard of Reiki, but I didn't know exactly what it was. So thank you. Sure. Um, absolutely. When, when it comes to, and this is like probably the last question I have for you, when it comes to like work life harmony, because there's no balance, right? right. <laughs> that, that's right. not how it works. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it comes down to how well do you plan? How attainable is your day? You know, we know work-life balance and it becomes a great thing to say, just like self-care. It's a great word. Everybody, there's nobody that would disagree with you on it. You're right. You know what I mean? If we're telling yeah. somebody work-life balance, everybody's going to agree. But it comes down to how do you plan this day? Is it overplanned? Have mm. you put so much on it that it's impossible for it to be balanced? You know, but if you don't go into it thinking it has to be balanced, again, it goes back to, physical versus mental, spiritual, and emotional. I'm doing all of these physical things today. I'm going to work. I'm taking the kids to school. I'm doing homework. I'm cooking dinner. Was anything put into that plan of, I'm going to sit for 30 minutes right here. Mm. I'm going to read this. for. Those are things that we think about doing, but they're not in the plan most of the Mm. time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, those are the things that we're going to do with the leftover hopeful time that we might be there when we give our energy to everything else mm, you know so the biggest thing about that is how do you plan your day and are you planning in things that actually give you the balance are you planning in things that are for your mental? I used to um when I worked in corporate you know if my time was really busy I would have lunch some days and I would I wouldn't have lunch with anybody. I have lunch by myself in a quiet space where that I could listen to something feed my spirit as I was feeding my physical body. Mm-hmm. You know, because what I was trying to do was create this parallel of every time I take care of one side, I need to start teaching myself how to take care of the other side. There's no reason I should be taking care of my physical every day, but it's been three weeks since I did something for my mental, spiritual, and emotional. So I started paralleling those things. So we have to fit in that time and it's not gonna, you know, we all say, right. You got to take the time. You got to, you got to plan, you got to plan it in. It's not going to just pop up. So that's always my first thing to everybody, myself included is if I don't plan myself into my day, then I just allow life to control me and control my day. And that usually means no mental health or real self-care practices within that day. Yeah. What do you what do you say to to parents? Because, you know, they've what if they got two kids, three kids, single moms, you know, the kids are always first with us. And there were there were days when I, you know, I had to, like, figure out where do I fit in time for me? And if my son had uh, basketball practice, you know what I had my jump rope with me. Mm-hmm. And there was a track outside where I could walk instead of sitting there kiki in with the other parents. I decided that was going to be my self care time, especially right. if if practice was far away from the house and I couldn't go home and then come back because practice was usually like an hour or two. So I would just I would just take time for me. And this is when my GYSB journey started because mm-hmm. I was like I've got to do things differently. 
And when I when I started to build in time, like you said, plan it into my day. Well, the, I've, I've got all these things going on. My son has these activities that need to get done. He has homework, right? All these things. Okay, where do I fit in time for me? Okay, I can fit it in here. And so when you have parents who are somewhat overwhelmed with parenting and activities, and it just doesn't look like there's any room for themselves, what do you say to them? Okay, so I don't want this to sound as harsh as it may come out. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. But but it's from a real place. I I tell them this. Yes, you want to do everything for your child. You absolutely do. That's what my mom did. My mom did everything for me. Activities, this, this, that. But I always say, while I cannot prove that her overworking and burning herself out contributed to the disease in her body, I know for a fact it did not help. And even though she did all of those things for me and burned herself out, she died three months after my 20th birthday. I would to say not this activity today. I'm Mm. tired. You're going to go. You're going to go the next time. And I could have kept her for another 10 years. Mm. Think about that perspective. You can get them to all the activities. And I'm not saying don't do that. But you got to be able to know where your limits are Mm. and your limits may put you at a point to where. You can't do this activity or you have to get savvy. You can only do this activity if, if Uncle John can take you every Tuesday. Enlist or Enlisting you know, your community to support you. You know, because if not, you may be doing all of that, but risking leaving them early. Oh, that's so deep. That's you so know, so. And again, yeah. the reason I give that perspective, because it is probably the most difficult thing to tell a single mom to put herself first. You can't. I, and. I understand it because I'm not a mom, but I live that. You cannot tell that to a single mom. So I have to give them this perspective of, but you could be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be you could be taking time away by not taking care of you. And that perspective drives it a little bit home. I don't have such a hard time at that point telling you to try this strategy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I'm gonna, that's, I'm gonna have that's where my, I start with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have my son on one of these days because we had a we had a special dynamic. It wasn't always great. And I mm-hmm. wasn't always like the best parent in the world. I did some yelling, but I really tried to help him understand. And his dad is in his life, but he didn't live in the house with us. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always tried to help him understand, like, dude, this is me and you. OK. And I taught him to be responsible very early on. I taught him like, hey, I've got things to do. I've got to provide for us. So I'm going to need you to, to, to do the work that you need to do as far as your homework. Like, I don't want to be on you all day, every day about getting things done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I talked to him like this is a partnership and I am still the parent, but I need you to help me help you. Right. Yeah. And it, it might not be like the conventional way of parenting, but I tell you what. He would have friends come over and they couldn't do certain things, like even something as simple as like tying your shoes and 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 fixing your plate or, or you know, yeah. being able to like maneuver around your plate. On, and my son would be looking like, why can't they do that? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. because parents oftentimes become enablers and we 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 teach our kids how to treat us and it becomes really, really tough. Right. And wow. at times when they don't understand like what we're going through, because we haven't had that line of communication open, it can definitely lead to some really hard, difficult moments for us as parents. So like I said, I wasn't the best parent in the world, but we we had a we had a pretty good thing going on. 
No, that's that's it's crazy. I had that conversation with a client like a week ago, and that's what we were talking about. And it came down to sometimes you're gonna have to train yep. your kids to train them in that. Cause like you said, they're demanding, they need this, they 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 want you to do this right now. It's because that's something that you've gotten them accustomed to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they you've gotten them accustomed to that when I say move, you jump. Mm-hmm. And if you look at those situations, it oftentimes looks like the kid is in charge because there are tons of things sometimes that a parent is like, look, this ain't even necessary, what? but I'm going to do it because I don't want to disappoint you. And I think, like you said, this is how this ship is running. Right. <laughs> like this ship is going to run like this and you playing you into the ship because especially if you're a single thing. Yep. You got to take care of you because I always say that if something happens to you or if you fall in, in a depressed state, not only are you in person you're taking care of, they're really in trouble. They're really in trouble. They're really in trouble. You know, it's it's a reason when we get on the plane, they say, put your mask on first. Because first, while I'm trying to secure yours, I may lose oxygen, pass out, can't get yours on, and we both die. We both in trouble. We're we both, both in trouble. So a lot of times it, it's it's that, understanding that it's not about, denial and it's not about neglect it's about you preserving you so that you can do more Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know always say it's a perfect ebb and flow you know you got to breathe in and breathe out you know take a deep breath in and breathe out and i would say just keep breathing out keep breathing out keep breathing out i'm looking at my watch and they're like you're crazy and they you know they asked me at some point i said well that's the same thing you're doing when you're giving, 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 and you're never taking a moment to receive and replenish. You're just breathing out. Yeah. Sooner or later, you're going to pass out. Like, it's yep. inevitable, you know. So I think when we when we get that perspective, you know, in coaching, I always say I got perspective, strategies, and accountability. Once, But once we get that perspective, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Listen, so you have some books out, you have some coaching programs. How do people follow you or connect with you or if they want to talk to you? What's the best way to do that? Uh, my uh, Linktree page is probably the easiest. It has everything on there. So it's linktr.ee uh, slash RJ Hodges, H-O-D-G-E-S. And on that page, you'll find everything from uh, my course that I have called Refuel and Recharge, it actually teaches you how to meditate, how to protect and replenish your energy. All the stuff that I talked about, it'll step in, I think it's about 18 video modules that you will own forever and you can go through at your leisure um, to actually a free talk that's on there, a course and some perspectives and strategies on that. So you can find everything on there and you can also find me on all social media platforms at RJ Hodges Speaks. Okay. And what we'll do here, we'll put all of that in the show notes. We'll put your website, your IG, your LinkedIn, YouTube, all that, TikTok, whatever you provided to me, I'll put it in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you if they want to, or they can follow you on any of those social media platforms. Sounds good. I have to tell you one funny thing, though, before we get off. Please do. (laughs) So I've watched you online for a while, and one day I couldn't go to the gym, and I said, that lady online always talking about doing some jump rope. So (laughs) that's what my brain said. I'm just telling you what my brain. So I had a jump rope in the closet and because of you, I jumped rope. But the funny thing is I said, she didn't tell me I was going to hit myself in my head this many times (laughs) with this, with this jump rope. So I've I've always wanted to tell you, thank you for encouraging the jump rope. And, you know, I was kind of mad at you for a slight minute. I'm like, cause I hit myself in the head like 12 times and, 
she didn't put that on one video that look you're gonna hit yourself in the head. So, but you know, needless to say, I, I thank you anyway. And I don't that have I don't have hair, so when I hit myself in the head, it hurt a little bit. That jump rope will give you a butt whipping. I that jump rope is no so joke. Many marks and stuff on my body when I first started picking the rope back up again. It's like it's kind of like riding a bike, but you're gonna fall, right? Oh my so god. I was I, like, I should have looked at jump rope safety first. Like, <laughs> is there not a course on jump rope? I'm like, this is this is brutal. I'm like, okay, I didn't maybe I missed the maybe I missed your video when you did jump rope safety. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this ain't this ain't ow, ow, this. it was. It was traumatic at first, but jump, it's, it's, it's a great workout, though. Oh, that is so funny. Thank you for sharing that. Now I have to do a video on jump rope safety because <laughs> you need do. to wear long sleeves and maybe like a, a skull cap or something like that because it's going to yeah. get you at first. Yeah. I say, I say a bike helmet when you a first start. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You know, and if people want to connect with me and, and see me jumping rope, you guys can follow me. On social media, I am GYSB Movement on all social media platforms. As usually Instagram is the biggest um, place where I post a lot. But then I'm on TikTok and I'm on YouTube. And GYSB Talks will be coming to YouTube in March. So you'll be seeing live video uh, podcasting, which is going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> um, but until then, I really appreciate everybody being in touch um, on the podcast, leaving your comments and questions if you have any uh, suggestions on topics that you want to hear, please let us know and we will try our best to do uh, something around that topic. Until then, everybody, take care. RJ, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.